0: Hello friends. I'm still reading the fifth stanza of the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Behold too, And Duryodhana is talking about all these these, uh, qualities that he has to fight if he's going to rescue the uh, upward moving soul and save it for his own delusion. But the higher qualities, I've listed some of them already, the next one, he says, Behold to Kashi Raja. Kashi, when the Ganges, which normally flows uh, downward from the Himalayas, but when it turns back and flows toward the north, that is known as Kashi. The spiritual name of Benares is Kashi, because at that point the, the uh, flow of the Ganges is northward. And I stayed at a place of Anandamoyama in India for a while, which is called Anandakashi, because at that point too, the river in its bending turns back northward before turning south again. And so Kashiraj is the northward or upward flowing uh, dis- discrimination. And when you, when you try to decide whether a thing will help you or not, whether it'll be good for you or not, this is the point that you must always ask, will it raise my energy or will it lower my energy? The discrimination is not always very, it's not very uh, clear. A thing seems pleasant, it seems to be giving joy. Ask yourself this question simply and always, is it going to raise my energy or lower my energy? Things may seem like great fun, but if they're going to lower your energy, stay away from them. If they're seriously going to lower it, shun them like the plague if they're minor little things like a party or something, doesn't matter. But remember, your discrimination should always try to turn your energy northward toward the brain. This is the north of body. This is the south. The lower part of the body is the south of the body. And this is the east of the body. That's why in the uh, Bible, when they speak of the, we have seen his star in the east, The wise men were coming westward, not going eastward. What, how do they see it in the east? This is a very deep symbol and nobody seems to understand the meaning of it. That star is a star in the spiritual eye that the wise men saw. And they followed it eastward because it was following, they were following their own eastward direction which is here. The word in Hebrew for east is kedim, that which stands before, or lies before. And uh, this is that Part which is before you, the, the west of the body is the the uh, back of the head and the medulla, and in fact they even say that where you the direction you point your body in sleep is important. That if you have your head pointing eastward, that will help you to advance spiritually. If you have it westward, you will have more dreams. If you have it southward, you will you will live longer northward can take you out of the body if you're ready for uh, leaving your body. And this is why yogis often, when they're ready to leave their body, they will turn their body northward, so the energy will all harmoniously go upward. This is a bit esoteric, and I don't really expect you to uh, write it down and memorize it, but it is interesting. And the thing is that the discrimination of Kashiraj is also that quality which will take you toward God. And so another of the warriors that uh, are listed in this stanza are also purujit, inclination toward internalizing the mind or the quality mentioned in uh, Patanjali's eight-limbed 8, eight uh, limbed, um, path is the interiorization of the mind. First comes yama, first comes yama niyama, the do's and the don'ts. Then comes asana. And most people think that the asanas mean the postures of hatha yoga. Those postures are based on this idea. But the truth is that all you need is to have a straight spine and to keep your body still. You've attained asana when you can keep your body completely unmoving for an hour. Once you've attained that, then comes pranayama. Panayama literally means control of energy, but back in the days before, see, we went through a period where mankind lost the consciousness of energy. And so they thought of it in terms of breath control, because breath and energy have a very close um, correlation between uh, the two. When you inhale, the energy automatically rises up the spine in the channel called the Ida. When you exhale, it descends through pingala. And when you feel happy about something, you, and that always means an energy rising toward the brain and you feel good, and when you sigh, oh, and the energy goes down and you feel unhappy. These are signs uh, the breath and the energy do have much together. But Pranayama literally does not mean breath control. That was from a darker area when era when people didn't know the meaning of uh, energy they didn't know of the existence of it. Now we know from science that everything is energy. Matter doesn't exist except as a manifestation of energy. And so when we can learn to raise that energy upward, withdraw it from the, from the outer world and direct it upward, then that is pranayama. And then comes pratyahara, interiorizing of the mind. Now interiorizing of the mind truly can come only when the energy is withdrawn from the senses, withdrawn from the body, completely centered in the spine. But you can practice it all the time. By anything that you see, try to withdraw your mind from it, so that you feel, no, that isn't it. There's this practice in India, neti neti, not this, not that. And if you will practice that, you will find yourself withdrawing from outward involvement, bit by bit, to the point where you understand that the truth is inside. This is a Funny story I've often enjoyed telling about boot camp during the Second World War. There was a soldier in boot camp who uh, was sort of going around the grounds, picking up pieces of paper, looking at this isn't it, this isn't it. Finally he was doing this so much, they recommended that he see the camp psychiatrist. And so he was in the psychiatrist's office, picking up papers off the desk, now this isn't it, this isn't it. Finally, the psychiatrist, who couldn't get him to even answer him, recommended him for a, a, a medical discharge. And as soon as he gave him this discharge paper, he said, this is it. So anyway, <laughs> when, you, when you really understand what it's all about, then you will say, this is it. You will be able to escape. But first comes the rejection. This is not it. This is not it. And pratyahara. Is that aspect of the mind which withdraws you from this? Anything that you see, tell yourself inwardly, "No, this isn't it." Always a part of you should be somewhat withdrawn, observing, if you want to find God. Then he speaks of kunti boja, steady, upright bodily posture. This is the second, the third stage on. The path of Patanjali, the asana. When you can keep your body steady and unmoving and your spine straight, then the energy can flow more easily up the spine. But as soon as your body moves, then you're coming down to it again. So this is a very important thing for meditators. And shaibya, inner power of adherence to virtue. It takes a certain power to adhere to virtue. This is known as the niyamas. We must have not only that power to reject, there's two aspects to renunciation. One is that I don't want this world, but then what do I want? Unless you can substitute something better for what you're rejecting, you'll be left in limbo. So niyama is an actual power that you must develop, what you need to cling to. Contentment is the most important virtue of all, santosha. To be completely content in yourself, is to not require anything outside. You don't have to go to those parties, you don't have to go to those nightclubs, you don't have to go here, there, and everywhere because you're content in yourself. So this quality of being content in the self, this quality of clinging to good qualities, this is what is meant by shabia. And uh, all of these foremost among men, because these qualities are the foremost in the struggle against delusion in your own self. So that finishes Sloka 5, stanza 5 of the Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 1. Joy to you.